This week's Cloudcast is brought to you by Momentum SI. Whether you want to migrate applications to the cloud, transform to enable DevOps, gain insight from big data, or accelerate your agile development, Momentum SI's strategy, consulting, and hands-on expertise can help you get there faster and with greater success. Check them out at MomentumSI.com. And now, on to the show. Cloudcast Media presents, from the massive studios in Raleigh, North Carolina, this is the Cloudcast with Aaron Delp and Brian Gracely, bringing you the best of cloud computing from around the world. Good morning, good evening, wherever you are, and welcome to another episode of the Cloudcast. We're coming to you live from Red Hat Summit here in San Francisco in the always, always wonderful Moscone Center. It's been a couple months since I've been here. How about y'all? I feel like I'm well, here every no, couple months. It feels like every, every other month, I think, we end up here at the Moscone. I call it the Moscone Echo Chamber. Yeah. It's so huge and wonderful. But there's tons of people here for the Red Hat Summit, so we're thrilled to be here. Yes. Without, so introduce guests very quickly. So Diane Mueller, returning guest of the show yeah. and origin community manager, yeah. correct? Working on the OpenShift project, herding cats as usual. Exactly. And, and Mike McGrath? Yes, uh, OpenShift Principal Architect. Uh, good to help uh, design all this stuff and uh, create a new cloud for, for our industry. It's a, a great gig. Yep, absolutely. And right now, there is, as we are recording this, actually, because schedules tend to be hectic here, we, we are recording this during a keynote where there are lots of announcements that we're not going to talk about. Um, <laughs> because a lot of stuff's just hitting, and I don't know that... I'm prepped for it. You're prepped for it. So we're just going to ignore those talk about and move yesterday's on. Announcement. Yes, How's yesterday's we're talk about yesterday's something. keynotes really had some great stuff specifically around your your area, yeah. um, and there was a new project, Project Atomic, mm-hmm. that came out. Um, there was uh, the marketplace, the marketplace, and there was also um, a new community, OpenShift Origin community project that we actually announced, but has been being developed in the open. Anyways, you could always go to OpenShift slash gear, G-E-A-R-D, as in geared up, yep. um, without the E. And geared is a new um, part of the OpenShift family of projects, and it's um, really what it's about. It works in conjunction with the other project that was announced, Project Atomic, uh, which is a, a lightweight system de-enabled um, operating framework with just enough facilities for securely running and managing containerized um, application environments, Yep. which is really what's going to let us take a huge advantage of um, Docker images. So the project Gear D and the project Atomic are really the two key announcements here that are taking OpenShift, gotcha. the yep. platform as a service, to sure. the next level. Okay. And, and, and the project Atomic stuff was really interesting to me. I got to uh, read some of the initial articles on it yesterday, and it was really for me about um, a very minimal OS to kind of host everything on top of, and a lot of exactly like you're saying, Gear D kind of implementations, and it almost reminds me of CoreOS. If if y'all are familiar with CoreOS at all, we've had them on the podcast. Actually, with the last time you and I talked at LinuxCon mm-hmm. uh, back in New Orleans was when I would t- talk to the CoreOS folks, um, and it, it seemed like a really interesting co- concept at the time and a really good match between this like intersection of Docker and containers and OpenShift. And so what facilitated from a Red Hat point of view of like, 
what was the critical mass or that point where everyone was like, hey, we need to go do something like this, well, right? You know, the, the atomic model is a, a pretty common one uh, from, from the operations point of view. I have a deep operations background. And uh, the fact is, you know, when you're, when you're working with an operating system or a host, you really don't want to get into a situation where you have a bunch of extra stuff on the, on the environment. And I'll give you a perfect example. In OpenShift Online today, we actually alert uh, when there's a security update of some kind. So that actually a page alert goes out to someone, and I can tell you, uh, you have never felt the wrath of a sysadmin who has been paged in the middle of the night to update cups because, you know, some Red Hat LSB RPM pulled it in or something. And so, you know, this sort of focused on a really streamlined uh, operating system that has just the very base packages that you need. Uh, has actually been around for a while. Several customers have been doing it. I think Red Hat's just uh, embracing that model now uh, because, you know, Atomic's very small, thin. Uh, you know, it doesn't even have, uh, in the design state, it doesn't even have Yum installed, right? You can't, you know, you're adding packages to it. The whole point is that you're going to be running stuff on top of it inside of these Docker containers. And, uh, you know, I think it's, it's a different model, and I think it's one that uh, a lot of people were, will, you know, will really embrace now that it's, you know, something that's fully supported sure. uh, and, and is its own product at Red Hat. And, and and what so from a from a outside looking in point of view, what made everyone kind of that mind shift to really wholly embrace Docker over just straight up LXC containers? Because we we've had the Docker folks on well, a bunch in the past, and we follow the technology, and it seems very very hot. It's you know a lot project getting a lot of traction, but at the same time, just wondering you know how and why they were kind of brought into the fold as, as a partner. I, I, think right? that, uh, I think that it's, it's one of those things where there wasn't any one decision or one uh, discussion or one person deciding it. Uh, we've been looking at uh, containers in OpenShift for a long time. Uh, we actually have some of the same container technology that we use with, uh, with uh, Lynx kernel namespaces. And, uh, you know, for, for uh, just for a point of discussion on the technical side of things, the the what people know as LXC is actually a collection of several different uh, technologies with uh, kernel namespacing. You get networking, process namespacing, uh, file system namespacing, which we've used in OpenShift for a long time. Uh, I think Docker's done a really good job of bringing all of those things together uh, in LXC, but also producing a consumable and easily distributable uh, you know sort of uh, format for it. And I think that's what people like is not so much the technology itself, but that you know if you need. HA proxy inside of a container or something, <clears throat> you don't have to go build it. You just install your Docker tools, and it's got a full list of, of, of selections. So, you know, from, from Red Hat's point of view, you know, and from my point of view as well, when you look at something like this, you see a community behind it. Uh, you see that it's already, you know, gaining steam. There's, there's really no sense in trying to knock it down. You know, that, that's a, a perfect time for us to, to work with a, another community uh, member. And, uh, you know, from the community side, that's what we like to do. But then also from the Red Hat side, you know, they like looking at it from a product point of view. And so now, you know, we announced very early on in OpenShift that we were going to integrate Docker into OpenShift, and, uh, and we've been doing that. It's, uh, it's been a great ride. And we've been doing it in um, probably the really appropriate stages is getting it into RHEL, um, getting RHEL support for Docker, working through, and that's where some of the Gear D project comes into play as well. It's like, you know, there's got to be a good auditable, easy-to-use way of creating these Docker images, and Gear is one of is a, a tooling to allow us to go from source to image rather easily and then be able to create the elastic wiring inside of those images so those different containers can talk to each other and actually be fully formed manageable um, applications out there inside of the pods sure and, and, and 
could kind of step back for a second too and more thinking about like use cases and traction from um, either origin point of view or just op- open shift in general where are you starting to see greater adoption and, and what kind of use cases specifically are starting to kind of bubble up because it's been a little bit now right and so you probably had a, kind of are starting to get an idea of okay people are starting to use it this way or that way and and Tell me a little bit about that. I can tell you the, the stuff that I've, I've honestly been surprised about because I have a, a, sort of a dual role at, at, at Red Hat on OpenShift. I get to work with the architecture team to design OpenShift, but then I also, my team runs the OpenShift online uh, product, uh, which is new for Red Hat, right? We don't have a lot of, a lot of that. And in the very early days of OpenShift, uh, I think we all knew that developers would really like this, the whole Git workflow and auto-build stuff. I, I knew that developers would like that, and I knew enterprises would be very interested in pulling OpenShift in uh, to look at it. Some of them were doing it via origin. Some of them were more interested in the product. Uh, but the thing that surprised me was actually the very early on the number of use cases uh, around production workloads that enterprises were using. And because uh, I, I had assumed, I, you know, in my, you know, looking back on it, it's easy to see now. But in my my trying to predict the future, how this was all going to go, I had I had figured that enterprises would pull this in, do your development. And eventually, you know, once it was time to go to prod, they'd say, well, it's already running OpenShift. Then let's put, you know, prod in, let's put OpenShift into prod and, and go that way. Uh, but in, 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 in many cases, it was the opposite. It was we want this in prod, and they wanted they pulled the developers along with them uh, because the, you know, the, the workflow of OpenShift and the, uh, the well-defined deployments and, and all the other stuff are things that enterprises, that's a hard problem to solve, and, and it just comes out of the box in OpenShift. And, and I was, I, you know, for, for me especially now, I, I'm still shocked to hear how many, I guess I'm not shocked anymore, but I was really surprised early on how many production-level use cases there were, uh, you know, almost right away, uh, sure. especially in OpenShift Enterprise. So, so for me, being on the origin side, yep. um, he's hosting ap- uh, application developers and stuff. But what I've been seeing a lot of is people taking origin and going to. If you go to install.openshift.com, you can install origin or OpenShift Enterprise version really, really easily. And so we've been seeing, uh, I just talked to some guys in Las Vegas at Allergen Air that are using, that unbeknownst to me, um, have gone off and deployed it. So the surprise factor for me is how quickly and rapidly people are able to go from POC to production um, with the tooling that's out there right now. And we've done a really, I think, seamless job of getting people able to deploy their own private pauses on enterprises. We've got guys in Germany and the German healthcare industry creating very secure healthcare compliant clouds, um, Medisoft, uh, and the other, we've got the folks down in Brazil um, doing GetUp Cloud that have taken Origin and tied it on top of AWS and using um, the Amazon storage in interesting, S3 storage in interesting ways, and they've actually stood up a complete public pause um, in Brazil using Origin code base, um, and they've been huge contributors. And so it's, it's surprising because you know, here's someone standing up a public pause. Here's someone else standing up a completely secure um, healthcare compliant, you know, with German, of course, you know, being a German, very severe German re- regulations, getting that up and running um, in production. Use it, and they come back and they contribute to the community. And that's, to me, um, you know, people, the different applications of platform as a service is, is just huge. The possibilities are endless. Uh, we're talking to folks in education that are using platform as a service to, uh, as an education tool to get people coding quicker and faster so they, they don't have to worry about the complexities of getting their applications in the web, but they see this instant, tangible 
applications sitting there on the cloud at the end of the class. Mm -hmm. you know, yep. And yep. that's a really powerful thing for different education systems to use. I mean, the uses are just endless. Yeah, and let me ask you, because this is something interesting that I actually am seeing at, at more at the infrastructure as a service layer, but do you ever have anybody kind of mass moving workloads back and forth from, say, origin to on-prem to online or back and forth? Because that was like one of the ideals of infrastructure reserves that quite frankly never happened. It was the whole concept of data gravity and it's kind of hard to move all the data. And Is this something that people talk about? Is anybody actually doing it? Or everyone kind of is like, no, absolutely not. Yeah. Right. <laughs> I think you just asked about open hybrid cloud. With right, exactly. Open hybrid cloud. <laughs> uh, you know, to, to me, to, to me, that whole model, the open hybrid cloud is, is more, uh, is more visceral. It's, it's something that is tangible to me, uh, the, the things that go on. And we do have uh, a lot of people that are very open about development happening in OpenShift Online and they move stuff to to enterprise, and we're seeing uh, some stuff where they just keep it out in OpenShift Online. We're getting more enterprise users there as well. And so I, I don't know necessarily that you're seeing entire workloads uh, today being migrated across OpenShift in their different offerings and things, but you are seeing the workflows uh, utilize several different options, whether it be from origin and, you know, mix of origin and online or mix of online and enterprise or, you know, some mix of them. Uh, you know, people people realize that that option exists and they use it, and it's uh, it's really great. Awesome. So, we take it back to kind of the Docker Project Atomic Gear D for a second. Um, again, going back to use cases, what are some of the early predicted use cases, and or some of the things where everyone's like, oh wow, I can mush all this together and do this now, well, so right? What is the magic this? So <laughs> first, first of all, from my perspective, we've uh, from a community perspective, all of those Docker images that are out there right now, the hundreds and thousands of, of Docker images, will be able to be run inside of an origin um, platform as a service. That is totally cool. So when you say the use cases, it's whatever you can run inside of a Docker image. Perfect. Um, that's huge. That's just a huge community builder for us. It extends the platform. Um, what OpenShift brings to the party is the orchestration and the management of those images and making sure that they talk to each other, they can be versioned and controlled and scaled up and scaled down. And that's, I think, the missing component. Um, just, just having a Docker image isn't enough. Sure. So um, the use cases, you know, as with anything, are pretty endless, and it's going to be interesting. Right. And so if I play fit the puzzle pieces for a second, it, it, correct me if I'm wrong, but I almost see it as... as the, the Project Atomic is the base, Docker is on top, and then OpenShift is kind of wrapped around it from a manage it, orchestrate it kind of standpoint. So they, they all serve their own piece. And you waved your hands very nicely yes. to do all you, that diagramming. Exactly. Yeah. I wish I had, I need a whiteboard, I need a whiteboard, in, I'm struggling. In podcast land, so. <laughs> yeah, so it, it, it is, um, it's definitely a, a cross-community co collaboration. Mm -hmm. I mean, the, the Gear D project, the Atomic project, the SD Linux guys were in on this. The RHEL guys were in on this. Uh, the OpenShift team were definitely in on this. Um, and even the open, some of the OpenStack guys were in um, playing with all of this stuff, too. So this has been a huge cross-community collaboration um, and very visible. It's been a very public, very transparent project. Um, we've been very open about our support for Docker um, for quite some time. Project Atomic just takes it to that atomic level. Sure. Um, and really gives us that lightweight 
system D enabled um, framework to, to start working with um, to delivering this at scale very, very efficiently. And I'm going to always add very securely. So um, it's just that level of, at, with SE Linux enhanced security that really is going to make Docker um, something that the enterprise really wants to embrace. You, know, we, you, you need that seal of approval. Um, how do you make these Docker images secure is a big um, concern, I think, for some of the en enterprises, and this addresses that. Awesome. Awesome. Well, I tell you what, we're about out of time, and I think my microphone is getting all staticky again anyway. So <laughs> we're, we're out of time for this week, so, so let's start off. Um, Diane, where can everyone follow you, stalk you, you find can, out more you about everything me, you, you've got um, going Pi on? At Python DJ on Twitter, but um, the best place to come and find me these days is at origin.openshift.com. It's the newly launched um, Origin community site, um, or on the Google Hangouts every Friday. Um, love to have you attend and join us. Um, you can also find us on IRC. Um, I'm always in openshift.dev, and Mike, uh, what's your honker in uh, M, uh, M. McGrath on Freenode and uh, Michael underscore McGrath on Twitter. There you go. Awesome. Very cool. All right. Thank you very much. If you like the show, please tell a friend and leave us a review on iTunes. You can follow us on Twitter at thecloudcastnet or on the web at thecloudcast.net where you can find links to everything Cloudcast. Thanks for listening, everyone. Thanks.